Okay, so I will introduce the next guest. So it's time for the smart city lunch and learn. And I hope everybody can hear me. Yes? Okay. So as Nam uh, said before, we have two great politicians to help us understand how smart city work and also continue the conversation we had for the previous panelists. And the two guest speakers for the Smart City Lunch and Learn are Mayor Mitchell Brownstein and Councillor Dida Berko. Mitchell Brownstein est actuellement le 12e maire de Côte-Saint-Luc. Il est maire de Côte-Saint-Luc depuis le 11 mars 2016. Uh, he was first elected to city council in November 1990. And before he became a mayor, he represented District 7 and is responsible for parks and recreation. Welcome, um, Mayor Mitchell Brownstein. And our second guest is Dida Berkou. Dida Berkou is avocate depuis 1977 and conseillère municipale de Côte-Saint-Luc à Montréal, à Québec. First elected in 1990 and active in many organizations, including Les Amis de Middlebrook. Uh, welcome, Consider Dida Berkou. And I will hand uh, the mic, the fictional mic, over to you. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. It's an intro, or do you want me to go, Dida? Go ahead. So I'm uh, Mitchell Brownstein, the mayor of Cote St. Luke. I don't know if you've seen me in the news in the last few days, um, but it's very much related and it's great to be here and talk about smart cities and what our project was about, which was, you know, uh, to deal with the senior population and keep them out of, out of the emergency rooms and uh, particularly today with COVID-19. Um, what we're doing in Cote St. Luke is requiring masking on individuals who go into commercial places because we want the economy to come back, but we also want the seniors to be able to get out of their homes. So it really relates to the smart city challenge that we entered, which was a federal uh, program. And um, we were finalists. There were uh, 10 finalists across Canada um, based on the submissions that we made. We were one of those finalists and we got $250,000 as finalists to create a pilot project and you know submit our, our ideas and, and application for the five or ten million dollar prizes that were available. Fortunately, we didn't win, um, but we were close and we're still looking at other ways to move forward of uh, the project. So I'm gonna, we'll explain the project. I'll let Dita start. We have some slides and a cute little video which speaks for itself. And I know you're gonna have some questions. So. Um, We'll try to be as concise as we can. Do you want to say a few right. before we So thank you very much. And I listened to the panelists uh, before. So I think uh, our talk is very much going to uh, connect uh, with uh, what uh, you're talking about, IoT and uh, uh, the, the Internet of Things and AI and so on and so forth. Um, Namrata, I have a PowerPoint that I wanted to show. I don't know if Namrata is there. Oh, you have the PowerPoint? Well, can I? Can She's I? here. She's down. I just came downstairs to stand. My legs were jammed sitting no, in that. No problem. But can, can I run the PowerPoint? Yes, I can give you the remote control. Oh, because and I was going to share my screen. Oh, I, I have. I gave you the remote access. And if you need me to turn your video on, let me know. Then I'll turn on. It's in my Chrome. Right. Well, okay. So what, what we're going to do, just a little housekeeping. We're going to go through the slides first. Okay. And then we'll show the video. Okay. okay great. So I'm going to be moving out of here for one minute. I need a break for like five minutes. So right. it's all to you. Let me see if you're able to scroll it. 
okay so like why don't you okay you are able to so let me turn off my video give me one second okay you're doing it dita great awesome no no we had a good testing so yeah good no but i have to i have to go back now how do i go back sorry i thought i was going to share that's like it's working it's working working perfect okay so okay so thank you very much so just um, to introduce myself, I'm uh, Dita Bruco, I'm city councillor, and in uh, 2017 we were asked, all the cities across Canada were asked to submit proposals for a challenge, um, the Smart City Challenge, which was asking cities to address uh, local issues uh, using smart technologies. Uh, after a lot of engagement and public consultation, we came up with this proposal. And um, then we, we won the first round and then we got to the second round where we were one of the 10 finalists for the $10 million prize. Unfortunately, we didn't get the $10 million prize, but we are still working on other venues and other sources of financing in order to, to, to get this done. So I'm gonna just, oh, here we go. So that's the video. I'm not gonna show, show that after. No, we'll show it after. I hope you're going to the beginning. Okay. okay. So the mayor is going to take it from here for, and then we're just going to uh, talk to these slides uh, as we as we explain the, what what we did and how we got a, we went about it. Thank you. Right. So as I said, ten million dollars would have helped us a lot, and particularly with the COVID nine situation, we would have been in a much better position to help protect our seniors and keep them out of the emergency. We're still doing our best. Uh, and we're working with um, the, the hospitals to try to get funding and with other organizations to see if we can get grants and funding to bring this forward because they all want it. Even, even the, the doctor Rosenberg who runs our, our uh, CS network of hospitals talks about technology all the time. So we're in uh, Quebec on the island of Montreal. Everybody knows our situation in COVID-19 in Montreal and Quebec. Um, it's a challenge. We are a suburb with 34,000 residents. 13,500 households and the average age, median age is 45. Um, we have the second highest percentage of seniors per capita, 35% are older than 60. And um, one in three uh, households, individuals are living alone. So these are the people we wanted to protect and we still want to protect particularly now. So what we do in Cote St. Luke that might be a little bit different than in other places is first of all, we have a volunteer emergency medical service, the only one in Quebec, um, which is completely volunteers and they respond as, as uh, first responders like um, an ambulance service. They assist the official ambulance service and uh, do first aid. So they were able to operate for, uh, since we started, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, but with COVID-19, because of the need for intubation, they're on pause. And um, because if they would get to a scene first, they wouldn't be able to do intubation. We have Volunteer Citizens on Patrol, which is um, a, also a volunteer organization of over 100 volunteers who patrol our streets to make sure that it's safe. And they have a very close relationship, particularly with the senior population. Um, and they're there responding to all types of situations to ensure things are safe on our streets and in our homes. We have a special drop-in center for individuals uh, suffering from 
dementia that we run out of our aquatic and community center. And these individuals come for day activities to the facility. We're doing that in partnership with uh, the province. And we got funding through the federal government and it's a great program. It's really a great program. And these are some of the people we want to help. We have uh, seniors clubs, several seniors clubs, but we certainly have one of the biggest, if not the biggest in, in, in um, Canada with respect to our men's club, which has over 800 members and they meet all the time and they have every type of activity you can expect. And even during the pandemic, they are meeting on Zoom. I spoke to them recently and we had over 300, well, 250 to 275. I think they have the, the mega Zoom plan uh, participating in that, that uh, what they would call a breakfast meeting, although we all had to eat our own breakfast at home. We have a daily uh, Hello Bonjour program, which has gotten a lot bigger during the pandemic. More people want to receive a call every day to hear how you know um, they're doing and stay connected, particularly since they're stuck at home. So our, our, our lines are blazing. We have lots of volunteers running that. Um, we have a, a readaptation of bathrooms, the PAD program. And we'll move to the next thing. <clears throat> so this is our mission statement. <clears throat> You know, we have a rapidly aging population uh, across Canada and the city of Cote St. Luke wants to implement a connected framework leveraging smart devices and related technologies that will empower seniors to live more safely and independently in their homes, be better connected to their communities and city services, be more socially engaged, improving overall well-being and quality of life for older adults and reducing stress on families and caregivers, the healthcare system and the long-term care facilities. So that's the uh, statement. So um, basically what we were launching was the idea of uh, having uh, smart, smart homes for seniors and having uh, smart seniors uh, connected to, to the city. Uh, I just wanted you to understand a little bit, this is a slide presentation that we gave uh, about a week before we submitted our final proposal because we were doing pitches all over and we're just showing the market for rapidly aging population is a fast growing industry with regard to smart home devices. In the US they say that uh, this um, market's gonna grow by 50% in the next 20 years and that senior home care market is expected to reach 9 billion. Now, what are these people buying? They're buying smart watches, they're buying um, all kinds of electronic devices, they're buying Alexa, they're buying sensors, they're buying everything under the sun, but they don't really know exactly how to use them. So um, the technology mo uh, options are, you know, the, the, the spectrum is wide, you all know it. There's motion, there's water sensors, there's bed sensors, stove sensors, door locks, smartwatch, air quality sensors, fire alarms, pendants, uh, alert systems, thermos, smart thermostats, smart voice uh, systems, lighting, etc. We all are very familiar with this. Just go back one. Sorry, I'm, I, I don't know how to go back. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was an important slide. Bottom is a little arrow. Right okay. there. Bottom of your screen left. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So what is the role of the city in this new uh, environment, in this new high-tech environment? We felt that the senior was at the center um, and that the city was closest to the residents. There were, we have a trusted relationship. I heard a lot of talk in the previous panel about trusting uh, people with your data. Uh, once seniors give their data, they want to know that it's being you know, handled carefully and with privacy in mind. 
Um, we have the existing services focused on social development with connections to healthcare. So we want to take care of the seniors, both their mental health, their physical health, and their social health. And this is basically how we saw the role of the city in this network of connected people and devices uh, managing and helping them to live safely at home. Um, so as a gateway, as, as you see here, as a gateway, we would be the first entry point for the senior to connect with volunteers, with social health care, with family, with friends, with caregivers, etc. And so we go on to the next slide, which is we were rethinking what was possible because we see these seniors home alone. We did some pilot projects and on these pilot projects, basically what we did is we introduced the smart technologies that uh, I was speaking about before. And uh, we created this smart connected framework uh, for seniors with the village server in the center for my glasses. Um, and uh, you see the, th the four elements here. So you have the senior at the center with the emergency response, the EMS, the urgence santé, the SMN. So this would be triggered by an alert, not necessarily an alarm, but an alert either through the phone or the, or the, the, the smart device that was in the senior's home. Then you have the other healthcare partners. So that would be the researchers and the uh, healthcare institutions and also the uh, social services. Then you would have the, the senior connected to the volunteer programs in the community and the family caregivers, and then also city outreach services and city delivery. So this would be the new care map. I don't know if you're familiar with that notion, but there's something called a care map for seniors. And this would be the seniors new care map in this new connected village. We call it the village initiative, because as you know, it takes a village to raise a child, but also takes a village to keep a senior safe at home. And here is a model apartment, which is all connected with all this technology. These are the partners that we worked with, leading university, University de Montréal, experts in gerontology, healthcare technology, and privacy. These were all our partners uh, who offered us their services and also offered us some of their smart, smart uh, watch technology and also home technology. This is our pilot program where we implemented this technology, the, the lights, um, you know, we had all kinds of sensors in the home. We had motion sensors, water sensors, floor light paths, the um, Amazon Echo Voice Assistant. We had smart plugs for appliances. And now I'm going on to, uh, I just wanna go back there a second because once, once we did this, once we implemented this in the seniors' homes, they just completely transformed their lives. And you can see in the video that we're gonna show you how, what an impact it had on their lives. And they're still using it today. The five, pilot, um, senior, the five pilot cases are just very, very appreciative of how this is helping them stay safe at home uh, and uh, healthy. So we also partnered with the major uh, regional health board which is the, um, they call it the CIU Centre West. It's a health board that serves a population of 350,000 people on the island of Montreal. And uh, the uh, chief of that uh, health institution, Dr. Uh, Rosenberg, 
was very um, encouraging and very supportive. And this is his quote, which is that the point of care will be wherever the patient is. So it's something you really have to unpack, like you have to sort of really think about that now the future of healthcare is going to be where the patient is. Just this morning, I just want to tell you a little anecdote. My husband got a call from his doctor and his doctor is calling him to give him the results and he's considering that as a, as a patient visit because now with COVID, my husband can't go to the doctor. So the doctor comes to him or, you know, we, we're doing the, 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 the um, medical appointment by telephone. So telemedicine is obviously uh, the future and obviously uh, very much in, very important, very essential in the times that we are living through right now. So uh, here we are with Dr. Rosenberg and the uh, head of the uh, board of directors of the um, Regional Health Board and talking with them about the decentralization of care, digital health tech roadmaps, and integration around what they call trajectories of health. So the project as we proposed it was supposed to be a five-year project of public engagement, innovation, platform development, integration, resident onboarding, service delivery, transferability. And you see here our objectives were to onboard over a thousand residents through uh, this initial phase. And I will, uh, well, that's, that it, well, that's basically the, the, the final slide. And um, that was our mission. To, uh, to bring all this together so that we could service our, our residents and have them live healthy, safe lives at home, but connected through devices and technology uh, to all, for all their needs. Okay, let's show the video. Show you the video and then we'll... My grandfather, he always told me that he lived in a small village. And in that small village, his job was to take the hot cooked meal that his mom made and bring it to his grandfather. They were taken care of by their children and by their grandchildren. They lived in three generational homes. That's something that we've lost. And the Smart City Challenge basically is to bring that back through technology. When we speak to the residents about this project, they are really, really excited. We did a public consultation and we asked them to draw their care map. Basically, you draw yourself in the middle and you put who is in your entourage who will come and help you if there's something wrong, who will know if something happens to you. And some of them had you know, grandkids, kids, friends, all sorts of people. And then there's one in particular that I remember, um, it was a little stick figure with a sad face and a big tear, and it said nobody. And yet this person still had enough hope and trust to come to a public consultation because they believe that something can change for them. And this is why we're doing this. Cote St. Luke is the greatest place in the world to live, I believe. There's a personal touch, there's a community touch. We have over 500 volunteers that help in so many of our different programs, which makes our city unique and great. In Cote St. Luke, 30% of the population is seniors. Where the rest of Canada is going, we have been for decades. We are now the living lab for the future. So what we do here in Cote St. Luke will help all cities throughout the country. 
The city is in the business of delivering service. We do it well, but it's not enough. The society that we live in is not designed for seniors. And that became our challenge. We will implement a connected framework that will enable seniors to live more independently in their homes and communities, such as motion sensors, a fall detection device, our connected mobile app, and more. Say you live alone, you may only have limited resources for help. The Connected Village allows you to access resources when you need them. Imagine getting out of bed at night and having the lights turn on automatically, reducing your risk of injury. What if you're walking outside and happen to fall? A simple wearable could monitor the situation and trigger an alert to city services, or even better, to someone who might be physically closest to you in the moment who can respond quickly. Or perhaps you left the stove on. A level of response could be anything from a device that automatically shuts it off to a call to check in on the situation, making sure that you and the residents around you are safe and sound. The Connected Village could also help you with your social engagement. You could receive reminders of upcoming activities at the library or local theater, and even arrange for a lift. All of this could be made part of your personalized plan in the Connected Village. There's opportunities here to save people who are healthy, who just have one moment of inattention. On peut imaginer la technologie un peu comme un bon voisin, c'est-à-dire quelqu'un qui est là en soutien, sans être avant envahissant, and connect our seniors to the social services, to the medical services. Seniors want data from technology to be used appropriately and according to their wishes. Parce que la ville a une mission sociale qui est de soutenir ses aînés. Elle est une grande crédibilité auprès de la population, donc ça nous permet de mettre en place des systèmes innovants tout en ayant la confiance aussi du public. With the Smart City project, we will be able to keep patients at home, keep them in a healthy, secure environment, keep them out of the hospital if they don't need to be here. We have to adapt to those seniors who want to have that confidence that they can stay in their homes and still feel comfortable and safe. I prefer living at home. I tried out one of the residences. I didn't love it, so I came back home. The future is technology. I would like to see that. I'm counting the days. Today, you know, we can start to do something to make everybody's life better. I think anything you can help, any little thing, is so appreciated. There are situations where people might not need these solutions today, but they will need them tomorrow. I think the city of Cote St. Luke's and our vision of moving uh, care to wherever the patient happens to be are totally aligned. On va pouvoir raconter un peu une histoire autour du projet de Côte-Saint-Luc de façon à ce que cette histoire puisse se répéter. Nobody should ever have nobody written at the top of their care map. We're the perfect place to implement this technology to ensure safety and good health and connection with community through the Smart City Challenge. So much fun watching that. <laughs> Great. So, I guess we can take questions. Thank you. And to whoever complains government is not innovative, I don't think it's true. <laughs> so, I think we could take questions. I think uh, sort of I can allow, uh, questions percolating out there. Oh, there are tons. There are tons because I was, my phone was buzzing all the time. My mind is blown away and this and that. So, before, I'm, I'm going to be very 
requesting in a very humble way. We have a breakout room, which is below. You can go there. But we'll take two questions in this room and then we'll have the next speaker, okay? So two questions, whoever wants to go. Now I, we have a question okay, in the chat. Yeah. Should I um, read this one? Well, I can ask it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Even better. Uh, yes, actually, um, well, well, first of all, thank you very much. This is a very impressive project. Uh, my question is, um, well, it, it sounds like you had a, some financing to develop the project and make the links between all the parties involved uh, during a, a, a research fund funding. How are you planning or have you been designing a governance model and a financing right. model so that you can have, uh, you can perpetuate the service, the, right. the opportunity? So I just want to say we, we received a grant of $250,000 to prepare this proposal. It's, it's like a massive thesis, right? I mean, and I'll give you the link to the proposal. But the way we were going to finance the, the, the project was through the $10 million federal fund, right? Yes, yes. And then to make it sustainable, we needed a governance model. And what we wanted to do was create a federal nonprofit organization. And the decision to establish it with a governing board and have its own staff rather than run the program through the city, because we wanted it to be a nonprofit with impact input from the city because we would be sitting on the board, but not totally running it so that it would be independent and eventually it could be on a subscription basis. And we also thought that a lot of companies would want to uh, invest because they would be building a customer base as well with all their new technologies. Technology is changing all the time, be it a watch or a smart uh, device or uh, you know, all these uh, smart home devices that people are promoting, yeah. Okay, so should, should we understand that the result of the, 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 fund, the, the funding proposal is not, uh, are not out yet? Like the federal no, program. We, we got the 250 to, to prepare the plan. Yeah, but I'm talking about the 10 million. Oh, the 10 million, we didn't get the 10 million. Oh, okay. okay. We, we missed it uh, according to our sources. We just, just missed it. We were in the top 10. Um, but um, uh, oh, now we have other players who are working uh, the, the networks the federal and provincial networks, because um, it, this is so relevant now in the time of COVID. We have thousands of, thousands of residents, homeowners and tenants who are living home alone in their, in their places and, and just not moving, and they need that connectedness to stay mm -hmm. healthy. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations thank you. again. So if you, you know anyone in the government who... Uh, <laughs> who has influence, you can tell them that you love our project. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Yeah. And um, Christia, yes. Hi, thank you. This is a great initiative. I have a question that's kind of um, related to the design of the process and that how was, how did you build re redundancy and resilience into this, into this idea? And I'm thinking, for example, what happens if the internet goes down? Oh, well, it's not just based on the, you know, the, the whole thing is not just on the, you have the telephone, which is not internet uh, connected. And then we, you know, we also had a system where we were trying to build a kind of social network, even amongst people 
in a building, for example, um, but if the internet goes down, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a, a major portion of it, I, I agree. But it wasn't all con just connected to the internet. We have the VCOPs. Don't forget, we have those services which are also outreach services. So when our internet goes down, we send people out there to deliver water, to deliver services to, to people who are isolated. Right, and it was all going to be based on a, on a system where we would have a dispatch network of people on the phones. That, that would be the, the hub. So everything would be connected through phones and they would be doing the care calls and, and knowing there's a number to call. And if you don't know how to use your technology, it would all be based on that. And then we have our EMS service and we have the VCOPs. So it's a lot of people-based uh, connection as well. You know, what we're doing now, what's interesting, what we're doing now is some people don't have internet, but at two o'clock in the afternoon, they can pick up their phone and call a number and get a program. It's an incredible thing. They just pick up the phone, they dial, they dial in, and they actually get a phone program. Uh, they listen to a podcast or some interviews. We do that just through the phone with people who don't have internet. It's through Zoom, and you just put in your code. Um, and then the, the library and Parks and Recreation have all these programs going on every day. And some of the stuff is on the internet live for people who have connection. But for those who don't, they just get the 2 o'clock, 2 to 3 o'clock every day, they get to participate in something. So there's a, there's a heavy people component to the actual delivery of the service, regardless of whether they're digital or not, is what I'm hearing. Right. I would say in the long run, yes, because obviously, you, you know, you need, you need that support. It's not Can I just ask a quick follow-up question? In your design, was there like sustainability, for example, um, looking at ways of delivering services that are greener and cleaner in terms of pushing out the innovation that you're doing? So solar panels for charging, you know, redundancy for... We didn't, uh, we didn't go that far. We, we, we tried to take the, the, in fact, the government asked us to take climate change into account when we were designing it, but mm -hmm. uh, we, we didn't develop it that far because, like I said, it's, it's only, we, we only did five pilot projects and the rest of it is, is just the design, but we, we, we didn't uh, think that through yet. No. Is anyone else in the country doing what you're doing? Actually, no. <laughs> No, really no, and that's why it was so great. This project was so well received because this was supposed to be transferable to every city across the country, right? I could take this offline, but I think there's a group in Calgary that are trying to do exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and perhaps I can put you together because I think there's synergies between the two. Um, well, we know in Victoria also there's a group. The mayor's been in touch with the mayor of Victoria, but uh, finalists too. There are finalists as well. May I share a village initiative in Ontario? Yes, please, Susan. And I would have to cut this amazing conversation and be a bad guy right now and <laughs> request you to join the breakout room. And I think most people are going to now run away from here in that room. But people who want to talk about money, you stay in this conversation because that's what's up next. No money, no honey. So <laughs> we have, <laughs> and in my case, no honey and no money. So. <laughs> So we have Maryam, Lamami, 